0: Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, the only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day.
1: This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous.
0: With Sean Secrets.
1: We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money and queen again you're dancing with government this is the morning meeting you cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground
0: on talk radio 930, w-t-a-d
1: Who's out and who's in? That is the topic today here on the morning meeting. They voted to get out, but somebody who's inside told them they might have to stay in because they don't have the power to get out. What? Who wants to be in on Tuesday, but who might be on the outside looking in? And what did you use to get out to be in? But now, if you get it out, you're out instead of in. All of these answers will be forthcoming this morning on the morning meeting. Uh, I'll take, I don't know what you just said, for $200. I Perhaps worked... you were up way too late. Ah, I worked on that all the way from my, uh, on the walk, all the way from the printer to the studio. Well, it, sounded, it sounded like you kind of just rolled with it uh, as it was coming out of your face right there. You know what? You don't, you don't lock up talent. That's what, you just got to let it flow. Just got to let it flow. It's the morning Don't meeting disagree with Talk that. Talk Radio 930, WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quade. We are in studio. Aaron Baker will not be. He oh. had uh, he had kind of hinted that there might be another live surprise appearance, but uh, other things kept him away. So he'll join us uh, on the hotline coming up in just about half an hour. And I gave you yeah. a, a copy of the uh, statewide sample ballot that the is state-wide. going to be in front of all Missourians. Meaning I didn't go down to the county level. Oh, okay. You know, different counties have different... He didn't Jackson print out County the Rolls sample County. ballot from Marion yeah, County. Right, sure, right, right. So uh, already talking with Aaron Baker this morning. Uh, he wants to play Pickham for his segment today. So he we're going to do okay. that. He's going to he's going to tell us who wins on all of these races. He's not telling federal, us who to vote for. He's just going to tell us who who's going right, to win. Right. He's going to play Swami. Okay. So you're going to keep his Pickham, or do you want me to keep his Pickham? And I'll, then I'll, I'll write him down. Next week we can we can share. Yes, we will have a review of of his scores. Now, we already did this. He's not going to tag in Scott Fawn at the last minute next week, is he? Probably only if he does poorly. Okay. I was hoping he would tag him in today. Like, I've taken all of the federal and statewide offices here for your constitutional amendments. Run to the corner. Tag him in, slapping sound, Scott Fawn. There's some, there's some stuff that uh, Scott Fawn's uh, been reporting on mm-hmm. the, that I'm curious about. So yeah, so we'll it, get wouldn't to all been, that. it wouldn't have been bad to have Scott Fawn t- today. We'll get to all that coming up this morning with uh, Aaron Baker in just about uh, 30 minutes here on the morning meeting. Quade, hmm? we have now gone so meta in this uh, presidential election and campaign cycle that if you try to win, you can be accused of voter suppression. If you try to win, Mm -hmm. this is how upside down things are. Competition is so bad. Right. Liberals and uh, those coordinating for the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign have pointed out the fact that the Trump campaign is using a series of negative ads about Hillary Clinton targeted at young liberals, young women, and black voters... Not just all of those, but all three categories. If you're a young liberal, which I think they define as under 32, uh, or if you're a young woman or if you're a black voter, there have been uh, negative ads on social media about Hillary Clinton. The Clinton campaign is describing this as voter suppression tactics, trying to get them to stay home rather than vote for Hillary. If you're the other candidate, your job is to fight for the real estate between the ears of of each person who could vote for you. It's not voter suppression to run a negative ad, oh, which oh. Hillary sparked a number of negative ads last night during Game 7 in the World Series. Yeah, I can't, she was even, on, can't even imagine how much Fox raked on that. Heavy rotation, uh-huh. and uh, with the audience numbers for that game, they were seen by a lot. Now, except for Cubs fans. They didn't see any because they, they didn't watch it. All of the Cubs fans and I know it that was too tense. I had to turn the TV off. <laughs> and I said, you're doing it wrong. Congratulations, uh, by the way, to Cubs fans. Uh, yes. And, 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 I, and I've already had to make this distinction. And please understand this so that you sound like you understand baseball. That was an exciting game, not a well-played it, game. It was, and I've, and I've had this conversation yeah. today as well. It, 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 as far as X's and O's and strategy, not scintillating. Execution on both sides. Oh, Awful. Uh, and you often get that now, in these environments. Now, excitement, I get yes. it. Everyone's like, that was the greatest game ever. It, was, it, it was, was an A for excitement. There was It was tense. There was drama. It was exciting. As far as uh, playing an elevated brand of baseball, mm-hmm. which you think you should get when the two best teams are playing at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, it, but, and, and, I, and I don't want to... You know, I don't, I don't know how we ended up here talking about... Well, the Hillary ad was on yeah, during okay. the uh, game. Yeah, so right. We were talking about that, and, and she went, and she used those, that ad space to go heavy negative. Right. Well, she's trying to convince people not to vote for Trump, which is, according to her campaign, voter suppression. It's, it's a, out of bounds. Here's the thing. Okay, so Trump's not supposed to target certain groups of voters? Wouldn't that be fiscally well, a sound way to approach it instead of... Carpet bombing everybody with negative ads about Hillary. Well, and if you look at the three groups that were picked out as the as the offensed, essentially in this, young white liberals, young women, and black voters, traditionally mega super strongholds of the Democratic Party, and, and, and so they're trying to cry foul that he's running negative ads. Trying to influence Which, the again the six inches of real estate between the ears that you're battling for when you're a candidate. Allow me to f- reverse Hillary's attempted reversal by saying that. uh Oh, morning meeting jujitsu. By by saying this is out of bounds. You're 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 uh, practicing in voter suppression. That is the message to those three groups of people in a very similar way. That they're upset about the Trump campaign messaging. So essentially what they're doing is the exact same thing! Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But don't pay attention to that. Yes. Bad guy over there. Bad guy. (laughs) Bad, bad, bad guy. Uh, Also, this was going around, and this just tells you how cutthroat the uh, election cycle has been. There were a series of ads circulating around Twitter Tuesday and yesterday that were encouraging you to text in your vote for Hillary. Text in my vote. Mm-hmm. Te- te- text in my vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so where who's what what exactly? That's why people are are up in arms. Uh, a professor of physics at Loyola University in Chicago. Be careful; they might have to close that one down too. Uh, was the <laughs> first to alert Twitter moderators that the ads may violate the platform's terms of service because you can't text in your vote. So there's a thought that this was by an Voter overzealous group. Well, <laughs> that, that, that this was, it, it, they didn't say it was linked to the Trump campaign, but may have been an overzealous supporter trying to con people into thinking that they had voted for Hillary and then staying home on Election Day on Tuesday. Oh, well, I voted. I texted in to uh, 59925. That was the number that they gave. Apparently, there were the tip-off was that there were a bunch of different numbers circulated throughout it so that they were essentially trying to con people into thinking that they had voted for Hillary, and then they would stay home on Tuesday. Now, you get an A for creativity from me, but, you know, what – what What is too far at this point? Is it that's certainly well, not in the spirit it's of not, our participatory democracy in this country? It's not at this But anybody who. Just kind of the law of the jungle. If you're dumb enough to fall for it, then. If you're dumb enough <laughs> to you're say. On your own. Yeah, I texted my vote in. I, you get to that point where should you really have been voting in the first place? You know right. what I mean? I make this on. argument all the time. So we'll see. This is a scam, by the way. If you see something like this, you cannot text your vote in in any state in the country. Now, you just snapped your head back when you read your Snapple cap. Did they have some insight into that's the election? In- no, that's, okay. <laughs> no, that's an in-between segment. right uh, My, uh, my uh, uh, fortune cookie that I had earlier this week had some insight into the election. A new challenge lies in wait. Oh, okay. I thought it was very cryptic. Either way, I mean that's one of those things where it's it's well written, so it's right either way. It <laughs> yes. can be on both sides of the coin. Crafty. So we'll see. So yo, if you're on Twitter and you see something like this, this is a scam. Do not think you have voted if you text <laughs> okay. Hillary or not Trump. That, look, the uh, listeners to, a to this audience, I think, are smart enough to know. If not, I mean, let's just wrap the show up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All we right, have coming up, coming up, yes.
1: <laughs> Yes. Coming up this morning on the morning meeting, we're going to be talking with Aaron Baker from uh, Axiom Strategies in just about uh, 19 minutes or so. And what's been brought to a screeching halt and why might it influence political decisions here in the U.S.? We'll cover that next on the morning meeting.
0: Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.
1: This is Mark Levin and you're listening to the Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WCAG. <laughs> Let me have it, producer Josh. There we go. Oh, the vitriol. Already arguing. Oh, oh, already overstepping bounds. With a Reds fan who's put his Cubs gear on. Yeah, this is, this is, we need to make a tra- It's the postseason now. We can make trades. <coughs> it's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacree, Squade. You're, you're embargoed by the commissioner's office for making trades and doing those kind of things during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In MLB, but uh, all that is over with. Uh, we're going to be acquiring a man who is uh, already sort of a, a satellite contributor. You can't really call him a free agent. Aaron Baker, uh, a weekly contributor here lately uh, on the morning meeting. In uh, well, just about to 15 minutes or so, when he's going to go through and predict the Madur- Missouri ballot for us uh, here on the morning meeting. Yeah. So. We'll get an idea because some of these things are very, very close. When you look at uh, blunt candor, too close to call, the race for governor right now, so close to call. And because of that, things like lieutenant governor haven't gotten the airtime that they uh, really deserve uh, in Missouri. So we'll talk about those, talk about all five of the constitutional amendments that go from one to six. And if you don't know why there is no amendment number five, Well, we'll refresh your memory for that as well. Quaid, I mentioned there is uh, something that uh, a certain group of people thought was in after their vote to get out, but it turns out that vote to get out might not be in. Britain's high court says that the government does not have the power, the crown that is, that part of the government. We have the branches of government. They have Parliament and the Crown. The Crown does not have the power to exercise Article 50 to leave the EU without the okay of Parliament. So this is going to get sticky because remember when Brexit was voted on and won despite the odds saying that it wouldn't and despite all kinds of leadership saying we need to stay, Brexit then won 52 to 48. The EU just basically gave them the finger and said, "You want to go, get going. Like there's the door. Don't even don't even take the time to follow the procedures that we all outlined for an exit because nobody thought they would ever be used." So I mean, at that point in time, seems pretty cut and dry, right? And you got a lot of hurt feelings on both sides. Essentially, you have uh, uh, Britain giving the finger to the rest of Europe, which traditionally they have throughout history, and so they said, "Get out." And now Britain itself may stop them from getting out. Which is kind of like saying you're going to divorce someone, giving them the finger, hooking up with the new mistress, and then going, "I don't have an out on this townhouse, so We're all I'm going to live here together." Yeah, I might have to stay. I would say it's it's super awkward. It's it's worse than that. And what you're running into now is it is a situation where the vote of the people won't won't come into play. It will be essentially mm-hmm. an invalidated, and that's that's dangerous. Yeah, it's like they weren't, you know, big players in revolutionizing democracy. Or anything I mean, what's over the there. what's the point of going through the, the the process of having the vote if at the end of the day, people who consider themselves your betters and who are going to cite some clause or or some type of I mean mm-hmm. that that only that only proves the people who wanted to get out of it because they right. felt that they weren't being represented fairly. It only proves their point. Emboldened, mm-hmm. so I, I, so I don't have, see how the the, the courts and coming up with some pretzel logic here, right? So we're going to get anywhere. This is what they're saying. Prime Minister Theresa May said that she would invoke Article 50. That's to leave the EU uh, and begin negotiations. Uh, that would be launched, and they would begin negotiations in March of next year. Now, what happened is courts in England have said, "Hey, the Crown." because the the minister serves at the pleasure of the crown. The crown, I know there's elections, but you're getting into like the way British law is worded and other things. The way they put it together. I'm not not by any means an expert there. Uh, So here's what they're essentially saying, is that the crown does not have the ability to exercise this without Parliament saying that it was okay. And May, the prime minister, is coming back and saying Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, the crown does have uh, the ability to do this. It's called, this is something we've never had to deal with here in this country. Under this name, we have executive orders, but there it's royal prerogative. Ah. So royal prerogative is what they're saying. They have the rights to trigger Article 50 to leave the EU, which you look at the historic powers that have been under royal prerogative, they really kind of run the gamut. Uh, Declaring war. That's kind of a biggie, mm-hmm. but that also goes, to, it, it, it trickles all the way down to, like, issuing passports. So it kind of runs the gamut from, like, yeah, that's... the the nation engulfing in enormity of declaring war to, to like, individual. Yeah, to, like, oh, so you want to go across the channel for a weekend of fun? Sure, here's a passport. Royal prerogative. Here you go. So, yeah, you're going to hear that term quite a bit uh, as the, the way it goes. The uh, Their version of the Supreme Court... Is going to take this up before the end of the year, and a lot of people say this is it. This is this is uh, the most defining issue in a generation that they're going to look at uh, in England. If they don't, you're going to start hearing words, and and maybe they're already being thrown around, but uh, subjugation. Yeah, you're going to hear some big words, uh, and those are, and that's a word that's approved for air. Not that they'll (laughs) be surrounded by a lot of other words that aren't approved. For the airwaves. Of course, they're a lot more laxed about that in Europe. Mm -hmm. So we'll see where this goes. I think it's going to be very interesting because you have an issue that was put forth on the ballot that was approved to be voted on. And now you have the vote that went for Brexit. And what was Brexit about? It was about getting control back. Mm-hmm. In the country where they thought they had ceded all of those decision making powers about borders and immigration and, and monetary uh, privilege, not privilege, monetary policy mm-hmm. to leaders in the EU, which were too removed. And now you have a vote of the people and that power to exercise those rights now may be revoked by mm-hmm. people who are not, you know, sort of on the ground level voters by their what would be in that country considered their intelligentsia privileged leadership. So this has all kinds of irony. You're playing, playing all around. Well, it's it. irony, but you're playing with dynamite. Sure. I mean, in a country where they did that to show that they didn't like anything. That was the, the, the with, with Guy Fawkes. Oh. They wanted to blow it up, right? They they have a history of getting out dynamite, literally. So it's an and the irony situation. comes back into play again. <clears throat> it's just so much, so much going on. Uh, Quaid, if you want to share that, share that uh, uh, philosophy, that...
2: God that, loves irony. That,
1: that wit, that that joie de vivre that you have. <laughs> uh, there is an open casting call going on for what's being described as a new up-and-coming conservative news network to rival Fox. Uh, camera does not like Quaid. You know what? I, I think it does. I think you're too hard on yourself. Well, I am. We get you a little Just for Men. You're good to go. I'm going to need... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? That's right, I, I need a visit from Keith Hernandez, <laughs> just Walt, Walt Frazier. 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 Uh, yeah. I, just, I just want to see the interaction between the three of you guys. <laughs> yeah, they they don't want to interact with me either. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm calling for. Auditions. <laughs> if you think you've got something to offer, uh, at a there's a, a, a series of studios, New York City studios. Uh, they what, are on what network Monday. is this that they, they haven't said? They're keeping <sighs> it under wraps. See, now, this... see, here's where the speculation. Go comes ahead, in. say it. What? I know where you're going with this. Just I'm waiting for you to say it. Well, the speculation was was that uh, Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, was exploring the idea of launching a video-based media company to capitalize on the Trump momentum and that that could turn into Trump TV. Mm-hmm. He himself has said, not interested in any of that, uh, but they have used the, the – using Facebook Live for stuff is a far cry from a TV network, a right. news network. Uh, But they have done some things like that. And, um, yeah, they're looking for, uh, let's see, on-air talent that must be knowledgeable about conservative viewpoints, current events, and the presidential election. I thought you covered that under current events. Uh, They must look upscale and intelligent and should be outspoken and energetic. All right, that's pretty bland. Look upscale and intelligent. Those are two strikes against me right there. Oh, no, again, you're too hard on yourself. I, we'll see you, if we can get Quaid a plane ticket. You can dress up the porcupine, but he's still a porcupine. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the. I'm not reason. saying that there isn't an audience. Right. there isn't a, a you know so a, a, a demo has a job for porcupines, but Gutfeld has uh, some sartorial uh, abilities. I that I don't. He's getting their help with him pick those out on set. I don't know about that. I I, I think that's the, the usually say the way it is. somebody dresses that part. guy. They have at least a style advisor on hand there to tell them not to wear red with pink. <laughs> All right. If you learned anything else from the show this morning, <laughs> take that with you. All right. Aaron Baker, Axiom Strategies, coming up as we continue on the morning meeting.
0: Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. We missed stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD.
1: The morning meeting on Talk Radio 9:30 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid, with you this morning. A lot of anger. The uh, Cub fan talk about the championship. I don't last know that. I, don't, I wouldn't say that they're angry. Indignant about so many things. It's, just today's a new day. It's a different it. day. Remember, yes, the, as, the air smells different. As they the, were explaining. Yes, they can taste The clouds look fluffier, and color, and yeah. all, all those things. Uh, have happened so uh, congratulations to the cubs once again uh, our morning meeting continues this morning aaron baker axiom strategies joining us this morning on the morning meeting aaron good morning if you have your crystal ball with you this morning as we look at the missouri ballot for tuesday
2: i do and you know a comment about the world series yes get uh, in. angry voters tend to be trump voters and so that's pretty good for us in ohio Ooh. if you're a trump supporter that uh those uh, fans in Ohio are, are angry going into the weekend into Tuesday. So we're, we're, we're calling that a you know, plus-two margin that we could get out of that game.
1: <laughs> now, there are a lot of Cubs fans who, despite the uh, 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 surface-level joy of the championship, are angry about the way Joe Madden managed oh. the bullpen and a number of other things. Yeah. Will, will those who have anger running just under the surface level, are those also reliable Trump voters? Or are those Hillary voters?
2: Well, you know, in an electoral college situation, we've probably written – illinois off a few years ago yes so i I think we're okay there
1: it's probably a good move aaron baker (laughs) axiom strategies with us this morning on the morning meeting we've used uh horse racing analogies with them in the past to start setting up some of these races when they came around quaid Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, certainly leading up to the uh primary election but now the general comes up on tuesday and aaron's going to play swami for us in missouri all right let's start at the top of the ticket because this may be the easiest one that you get today aaron (laughs) Missouri, who wins the Electoral College votes from the Show Me State?
2: You know, we're still seeing Trump up by at least 10, sometimes 14 in Missouri. That's a historical high watermark, I would think, for the Republicans. And uh, with a win of more than 10 points, we've talked about this week in and week out, uh, it'll be difficult for Republicans uh, to not do well in Missouri. So uh, it's Trump, and the question is, is it Trump by 10 or, or, or more?
1: Aaron Baker with us this morning wow. on the morning meeting. So it looks like Donald J. and Mike Pence going to take Missouri at the top of the ticket, Quaden.
2: Yeah, and you, you mentioned that uh, Texas was slipping in the polls, and it, you know, new maps and new analysis by 538 and other blogs are showing that uh, Missouri is actually more Republican now than Texas, and so uh, at least at the snapshot today. And uh, we have a lot of Trump supporters in the state. And it, it, it could make it a deep red situation on, on Tuesday.
1: Up next, Aaron, we've got the race for U.S. Senator Roy Blunt, uh, known commodity in a, in a tight battle with uh, Jason Cander. How do you see that?
2: Uh, this race has only gotten closer over the weeks. Uh, we've, seen, we've actually seen Kander pull ahead uh, three weeks ago. Blunt has has pulled ahead since then. It's a closer race than than Republicans in the state had hoped for. But uh, <laughs> as ironic as it is, it seems like Trump will help uh, pull Blunt across the finish line here. And I, I think we're looking at a Blunt plus plus three in in Missouri. Okay,
1: by a slim margin. Roy Are you Blunt. keeping the, the the margins? Are you keeping? I'm those just two? writing words down on the side to remind myself, like big or slim. Okay, I'm gonna you know.
2: Numbers there. You okay. you go ahead. And, you can put the numbers down. That's what I'm doing. I'll, 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 I'll be held accountable. It's fine.
1: Aaron Baker, Axiom Strategies, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Uh, those are the federal-level seats. You're looking at uh, statewide races in Missouri. This is where... Uh, we've had a number of issues crop up uh, that we'll get to in a minute when we get to constitutional amendments. So much money being spent not only for uh, senator, but for governor and, and other positions that Missourians once again considering and uh, campaign contribution limits. But let's start at the top of the statewide uh, agenda for governor. This has been so tightly contested, Aaron. Who does your crystal ball tell you come out on top?
2: You know, a lot of a lot of folks have talked about cost are making inroads with rural voters and Republican voters. Uh, but if you really look and dissect the numbers, Eric Greitens has quite a bit of support from Democrats and moderate voters as well. And uh, it it to me, it, the trends are in Eric Greitens' favor, uh, with Trump up by as much as he is, and the way this thing is is heading, uh, I'm. I'm as of last week on the show, calling this one an Eric, a win for Eric Brighton
1: No, I noticed there was no number with that for a margin. Is it, th- is it that
2: close? <laughs> Let's say three. Let's say by three.
1: All right, within the margin of error, as which, Aaron which leaves himself he's going, leeway.
2: Going to, going to have a good uh, close here. I would say right now it's, it he's up by one. I would say that he'll he'll close well, and and he he, he closed well in the. Uh, primary as well, if you remember.
1: I was going to say, uh, Scott, Scott Fawn, uh, Missouri Times, uh, quoting a, 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 uh, uh, the last poll that has Greitens ahead all of a sudden, which is I mean, continuing his momentum.
2: That's right. And, and the, the GOP's momentum, quite frankly. After the FBI investigation announcement, uh, we've just seen uh, across the country, uh, similar to the drag that Trump's comments were a few weeks ago. Uh, the FBI investigation has been a drag on, on Democrats uh, nationwide.
1: The race for Lieutenant Governor Russ Carnahan and Mike Parson, how does that work?
2: So This one, to me, is going to be the closest race of all of them. Um, I hate to do this to you guys, but I'm, I'm going to have to call this one a toss-up. I've not seen a lot of numbers on this race. Uh, if Again, Trump could help Parson win this. Uh, Carnahan, obviously, is a known name in Missouri. Parsons not really raised enough money to to match up on name ID with what Russ Carnahan has brought along. If Russ Carnahan loses, it's because Russ Carnahan was a member of Congress, was supportive of Obama's agenda, uh, and is, is a part of the political establishment that folks have, have not liked this year. Uh, but it's going to be hard to catch up with his name ID. I'm, I'm going to have to call this one a toss-up or at least get away with saying, here is the closest race in Missouri, the lieutenant governor's race.
1: All right, that's your one mulligan for the show, Aaron. (laughs) I appreciate it. You just used it on lieutenant governor. Secretary of State, you got Robin Smith, you've got uh, John J. Ashcroft. They're getting that uh, J in there, I think, for legal reasons. They'd love to just write John Ashcroft on the line. (laughs) How do you see this coming out?
2: So interestingly, you have a Carnahan, then you have an Ashcroft. uh, Ashcroft. This Ashcroft has never been in office before. Uh, Robin Carnahan's had a, or I'm sorry, not Robin Carnahan, Robin Smith has had a rough race. Uh, she's had a campaign treasurer that's accused her of mishandling funds in a campaign, including paying her husband as if he is staffed, and just really never got off the ground. The Ashcroft name was going to be hard to catch up to all along. If you remember, all of these Republicans had competitive primaries, and the Democrats didn't. And I think that's actually strengthened the Republican ticket in that they've been around the state, they've made They've, uh, they've made a network of supporters around the state. And, and Jay Ashcroft uh, will, will be smooth sailing into a Secretary of State's office that Republicans haven't held since 2004 when Matt Blunt became governor and, and held that seat at that time. So that's an important position for the GOP, and I would put that one in a safe Republican spot, probably winning uh, by in the seven-point range. I, for Hawley and Schmidt, who we'll talk about next, I think all of these guys are safe Republican seats and, and uh, winning by about a seven-point margin.
1: Wow. So you, you just took the, the, the treasurer and attorney general races and just waved your hand over them and said similar numbers for, for all of yeah, us. Yeah,
2: I, I just really think that for treasurer, secretary of state, and attorney general, they've all been kind of pulling at the same seven-point margin, which is almost a generic Republican margin in the state, it seems like, this election at least. And it's really been a safe, a safe bucket that I've put them in for quite a few months. And, and I just don't think they'll, they'll come out of it. Who will have the biggest margin of those folks? I don't know. Holly has a lot more money. Uh, Holly's opponent, Teresa Hensley, is probably a stronger Democrat than, than most of them in, in this kind of down-ballot situation. I do think that it might be Eric Schmidt of all these kind of down-ballot statewide campaigns for state treasurer that may have the best margin. He's from St. Louis County. He's a moderate. He's had money to put ads up. His ads, the creative on his ads are are quite good. And so um, that might be the thing to watch with Attorney General, uh, Treasurer, and Secretary of State. Which one of those Republicans, which are all three rising stars in the party perhaps, which one of them wins by the largest margin?
1: The Secretary of State's office uh, says that they estimate 71% of missourians will vote uh next tuesday is, is is 71 is there a threshold achieved there to to get certain numbers of votes historically for republicans in missouri
2: so that's that's really high uh historically high um and i'm not sure that it's accurate you know we've seen depressed turnout and in, in some of these campaigns i'm very familiar with uh turnout in african-american communities Uh, for some of the ballot issues, and and they are just not as excited to vote as they have been in the past for Barack Obama when he was on the ballot. Um, If turnout is going to be high, my guess is it's going to be the middle-aged redneck men that uh, county clerks from Missouri have told me that they've seen come in and register and and keep them quite busy in the last couple of months, and uh, I can't help but think that that's going to be good for Donald Trump. And uh, going to help boost some of the margins for Republicans. And this may be similar to 2008, when there were younger voters that turned out and polling just couldn't find them because they weren't already registered to vote. These rural voters uh, that are quite angry uh, could be the uh, margin that none of us are, are expecting or familiar with.
1: Aaron Baker, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. Aaron, Missouri right now, a supermajority of Republicans in the legislature, but a Democratic governor. Your predictions just had Missouri voting a straight Republican ticket. Is there precedence for that?
2: Actually, there's not. You know, uh, Republicans did fairly well in 2004 when George W. Bush was running for re-election. We, at that time, held four of eight of the statewide offices, including U.S. Senate. If Republicans sweep this time, they will hold Six of the eight seats uh, that are statewide offices, again, including U.S. Senate, and the two remaining Democrats, just so happen, uh, the state auditor and Claire McCaskill, just so happen to be on the ballot in 2018. So if Republicans are successful in sweeping this year, uh, they will come in two years, guns a blazing at a, a state auditor that was appointed by the governor. And Claire McCaskill, if she runs again, uh, and on off-presidential year, would have a pretty good shot at winning those races as well. So it's a pretty interesting dynamic. Again, we're, right now we're at two of eight of those seats. If we sweep, we're at six of eight of those seats. And if we sweep plus have a good 2018, that's eight of eight.
1: Aaron Baker, Axiom Strategies with us this morning on the morning meeting. Let's run over the amendments. Uh, Amendment 1 in Missouri. This is a 10-year sunset tax for a one-tenth of 1% sales usage tax for soil and water conservation. I think you'd mentioned before you expect this to pass.
2: I expect it to pass. There's not There's not a lot of opposition out there. There's there's supporters, including Farm Bureau, and uh, th- this one is a continuation of a tax. It's not a new tax. I, I expect to pass with about 75 percent.
1: Amendment number two, this is the one that uh, would establish campaign contribution limits.
2: I also expect that one to pass. I'm opposed to it. Uh, I think that transparency is better than than limits and money flows to campaigns regardless of of what you do. Uh, But I do think that amendment two will pass with about 75 percent as well.
1: 75 percent. Okay. Amendment three, the uh, cigarette taxes, uh, being increased with the additional uh, $0.60 cents, uh, per pack of 20 tax. This is uh, the one of two. Will, will this one pass?
2: So here's my prediction on this one. We've not really talked about percentages on this one. I've always thought it, it would probably fail in Missouri because tobacco taxes tend to do that. We're looking at, um, I, I'm going to say, a, 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 just a guess, uh, this one could go, could go down 60 down 40 which uh, in Missouri, historically, the tobacco tax last time lost by a half a percentage. So a 60-40 would be quite a blowout on a, on a cigarette tax. And I do believe that's because voters are, are wise to the things that are in that that are not really the early childhood education and, and tobacco, and, uh, including abortion and stem cell research, and also that it's a, a scheme by R.J. Reynolds to crush its competition by, by putting an additional fee on them. I, I do think that Amendment 3 will fail.
1: Fail by 60-40. Very interesting.
2: All right, the, You notice uh, these these ballot questions tend to have more of a swing than a, campaign, a, a candidate campaign. And, in fact, if you watch the polling on them, it's much easier because folks aren't kind of wired into an R or a D on these ballot issues. It's a lot easier for these to kind of move quickly in polling from week to week.
1: Aaron Baker, I guess this morning on the morning meeting. Uh, Amendment 4, uh, this one would be a, a sales and use tax.
2: So I've always thought this one would fail. Uh, so I'm going to change my prediction. I'm moving this one from a toss, a fail, to toss up to. I do believe that this one will pass. Now uh, polling shows that it's just about to 50% yes, after being about 25% yes originally. Uh, this is a confusing ballot measure that uh, seeks to fix a problem that yet that, that is yet to exist in the state uh, to prohibit sales tax on labor and services. We, It's not, if it fails, that doesn't mean that there is going to be a tax on labor and services. It just keep, puts in our Constitution that that will never happen. I do believe it will pass. I don't think it will be a dramatic fashion. Maybe this one's more of a 54-46 type of margin.
1: And Amendment 6, maybe the easiest layup of them all, voter id
2: you know, I don't think Democrats are working very hard against this one, including Missouri NEA, the teachers' organization. I, you know, I, I think that this one is still a win, uh, but there is opposition to it. So we're not looking at the seventy and eighty percent range. You're looking more at maybe the low sixty, uh, low sixties as far as percentage yes, uh, but voter ID, I, I do believe, will pass.
1: And then we have the other half of the cigarette tax battle, and that's Prop A.
2: So uh, just to be clear, we've talked about. Uh, one, two, three, four, and six, five is not on the ballot. It Mm -hmm. was medical marijuana, didn't make the ballot. Uh, They didn't get enough signatures. A, it changes Missouri statutes. It's the second of tobacco taxes. And to be clear, I'm predicting that both tobacco taxes fail and everything else passes.
1: All right. Are you as tired as I am, Aaron, of hearing national media talk about Missouri and its two tobacco taxes as if the residents of Missouri who have the lowest tobacco taxes in the country are terrible people for not taxing the ever-living hell out of tobacco.
2: (laughs) I don't know why our Missouri Department of Tourism isn't helping promote uh, our lowest in the nation tax status. We are dramatically lower. Uh, Folks that sell cigarettes, the gas stations have, have put Prop A on the ballot, to get us out of the basement because it's inevitable that voters will at some point probably raise Missouri cigarette taxes. But when you ask voters uh, in a polling type of situation, are you ashamed that Missouri is lowest in the nation, does it bother you? Uh, it, it's, not exactly, it, it's not exactly that. Um, it's more of a if you don't smoke, you don't pay type of situation. Aaron
1: Baker, Axiom Strategies, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. All right, you can unplug the crystal ball. We'll uh, take you to task for these fakes coming up a week from today. I know you're going to be very busy with Election Day coming up on uh, Tuesday. Just about 30 seconds left, Aaron. Is there any issue or any candidate that you see really making a big push over these last 96 hours or so?
2: I think if you're going to watch one race, it's it's Eric Greitens versus Chris Costner. Folks thought that Costner had it in the bag. Greitens, just like in the primaries, coming screaming into uh, the campaign and and around the state this last weekend, I think that's the race to watch. Missouri Republicans will have a great night if Greitens wins.
1: Aaron Baker, Axiom Strategies. Thanks for the time, Aaron. Look forward to it on Election Day. Thanks. We'll wrap it up next here on The Morning Meeting.
0: Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.
1: Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Back when you could get that stuff at
2: Maurice's. <sighs>
1: the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD John Sacre, Quade I know in the promo we said we were going to look at news organizations who tell you you have to scour and, and vet your news organization before you get your news yeah, today on the show then? we got well we, have, we bumped that with the whole suppression of voter turnout thing mm-hmm. uh, but I do want to talk about that with Craig Robinson coming up tomorrow here on the morning meeting so that's right around the corner we'll get a final chance to uh, talk with our uh, Iowa prognosticator tomorrow before election day coming up on Tuesday. Quaid, yes. How uh, how seriously do you take the style advice from Vogue? The style advice. Well, mm-hmm. I am a guy. Well, so, so you've you've known women all your life, though. I'm um, yes. They are uh, often looked to as a quote style bible, and Vogue is now drawing. A lot of criticism from all over the aisle because with their latest pronouncement, they declared cleavage over. All right. A- 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 as a male, <clears throat> if 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 you will allow, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I, I-, I think from mailed them, cleavage has been magical. Uh yeah, I mean, I'll double down on that. <laughs> <laughs> just Josh gave the thumbs up. Yeah, I'm, I'm producer Josh is So head. we can expect no more cleavage in Vogue because well, it's over. Yeah, apparently. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, those, who, uh, those who are on the other side of the fashion aisle and uh, are, well, I, I, I never thought I would say prudish about covering up uh, have said, well, you just alienated Sophia Loren, Bridget Bordeaux, and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, the, well, and now you're into the whole full figured right. argument. Now you're into versus, the, and that's been a, a criticism as well, uh, especially internationally. D- wait, where did they say man cleavage is man cleavage over? Man cleavage has I'm... always been over. It was <laughs> never in, dude. I'm sorry. Breaking news. <laughs> I was going to agree with that. <laughs> the uh, here's the here's the here's the quote I liked. Like the pyramids, Stonehenge, or Anthony Weiner's unlimited texting plan. Cleavage isn't going anywhere. It's here for good. You would think so. Circle gets the square. Circle gets the square, indeed. All right, that's it for us. We'll be back. Maybe have Shadow Stevens in tow tomorrow. You never know. Craig Robinson, that one's for sure. We'll remind Craig, man cleavage, still not in. (laughs) That'll do it for us. If you missed any of it, catch the podcast. Latest five, always at WTAD.com. Get the rest where you get yours on the morning meeting.
0: Adjourned. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the Tri-States, The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.